Lodge. It is my task to note all events of significance in this part of the cosmos. This task brings me great joy. Alright, ich werde mal sagen, dass ich den ein So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. Hope you enjoyed listening to us do our our um, final uh, recap of the House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power shows. And we look forward to covering those shows again when they come back in 2024, I believe. So, for episode. 99, Wayne Gretzky of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great time right now. Um, I can't believe it's episode 99, Eric. Like, every episode I say this and I increase the number by one, but, like, we're getting there. It's one away. Tonight, though, it's going to be super laid-back episode. It's going to be very fun. And Eric, why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be talking about tonight? Yeah, so for this episode, the last one in the double digits, we'll be bringing it back to grassroots easy conversations when we had episode entire episodes devoted to recommending a bunch of movies, TV shows, music, anything we'd be listening to or watching. Um, before we added the random recommendations segment at the end of every episode, we're going to do a full episode of that this for this week's episode. So... Um, like I said earlier, we used to do the movie scene in quarantine. Going to be starting off with movies and then see where it goes from there. I've been watching a ton of movies lately, Matt. Uh, the first one I want to recommend. And again, for these ones, we'll do as, as spoiler-free as possible because these are things that we're recommending to the people. Still going to get into some sort of details. Obviously, you have to talk about them there. But I also want to keep it fresh for the listeners as well so the first one i'll be recommending is a horror movie actually called barbarian oh matt have you had a chance to see this movie i have i was gonna talk about it so we're gonna it's gonna be okay we're gonna hit it on both ends here yeah so i did i kind of had a feeling that you would have seen it. i was kind of just trying to get it in there before you could because that's one of the movies that i wanted to talk about and um yeah, so like it's nice to be back in the horror movie game. And this is a great movie. Like going into it, I knew nothing about it. I had heard about it on a podcast that I listened to where they had interviewed Justin Long, who's um, who I knew from Dodgeball, who plays Justin. I'll just give a quick rundown on the premise of the movie. So it's a woman arrives at an Airbnb and is unable to enter the, the house. She comes to find out that there's already someone else in the Airbnb, so that's been double booked by um, the owners of the home. Not an ideal situation, right? Like a a young woman, and it's another, it's a guy as well. So the dynamic there is a little off at first. Like she doesn't feel comfortable, and there's a sort of power um, power dynamic there too, where the man's there first, and then she's kind of at his mercy to a certain degree of like, okay, well. I do want to stay in this Airbnb. Like I paid for. I have a right to be here just because you got here first. Doesn't give you the right anyway. So that's like the first scene of the movie, basically. And uh, yeah, then it escalates into just um, a thriller and um, a very suspenseful movie. I don't really want to say too much about what ends up happening when they um, okay. are in the Airbnb, but it's a movie that for the entire an hour and forty minute, I think, is the rundown. I was just hooked unsure of what was going to happen edge of my seat definitely scared and uh, in a very good way though and it's 
yeah, that's what I would say on that movie for now. Matt, what were your thoughts on the movie? I agree with everything you said, Eric, about like, like I loved it too. What I, okay, what I'm going to add is I love like how the story takes a turn maybe 40 minutes in. That's all I'll say. Like I love that story, uh, how they told the story. What I love about this horror movie is it delves into like some of my and other people's deepest fear, very realistic fear of like the unknown and the dark. Like what they discover, what happens. It's very, it gave me goosebumps the whole time. And I was glad I wasn't watching, like, I wasn't home alone watching this. Because it's very, this tapped into, like, some of my deepest fears, Eric. Yeah, okay, well, I don't want to get into spoilers. Uh, but then it turns into, like, a, to me, it was like an homage to, like, 80s, 90s horror where there was less storytelling going on and more, like, showing us just crazy stuff in the second half of the movie, uh, rather. Um but I loved all that. It was it freaked me out. It was a little morbid and macabre, not a little, a lot, and disturbing in some parts. Less is more. They don't over-explain stuff. I love that. Oh, yeah, so, I love that. did you watch this by yourself, Eric? Yep, I did, and I watched it at night as well. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was scary for sure. And one thing I will say though, which I feel like I always say about. Um, horror movies and movies in general is that I did appreciate the amount of humor that was in this movie. It alleviated a lot of the tension and it made some of those situations that the characters find themselves in easier to watch in that like, all right, they're kind of cracking jokes or not necessarily jokes, but their reactions to things are like genuine reactions that like I would have or someone would have. And it makes you as the viewer a little more comfortable and like you exhale a little bit you you let out a laugh because of what's going on is crazy but you're like okay like i don't know i don't know i don't know if i'm describing this well but that's how i felt in a few of the moments i thought justin long was hilarious and the two other i don't know them the woman's name unfortunately but bill skarsgård is another actor in the movie he was great i was a big fan of his character Mm -hmm. as well and the movie like you said takes a few turns and Mm -hmm. There's still an, a nice element of like stuff that they don't spoon feed you information either. You, you have to be paying attention and following along. Nothing's over explained. It's really good stuff. Like it's a good movie, and I would recommend it to people who who aren't even fans of horror, honestly, because I didn't think it was a um, the kind of horror that I won't necessarily gravitate towards is overly grotesque and the gratuitous violence, which I definitely don't think was the case in this one. There are for sure a few moments. There are a few moments. There are some moments there. But overall, <laughs> I think it's um, a watch for anyone who, who can stomach a, a good thriller. Barbarian is great. It's on Disney+. Plus. Strong recommend. I just want to add for Barbarian, it has a lot more stuff too than on the surface. Like there's a couple things I liked that like messages they added in there and they didn't beat you over the head with it. One being just like the conversation Bill Skarsgård has with the girl. It's not a spoiler. It's just like when he's like, would you have, would you have let me in if positions were switched? That whole thing that, that was cool. And the whole Justin Long, his personal woes and problems that he's having in his life. And that whole thing was super like, Okay, well, I see what you're trying to do here. And it was very, like, it was well done, actually. They didn't beat you over the head with that comment, political commentary, right? So that was great. Yeah. Just Justin Long with a tape measure, that's all I'll say, yeah. cracked yeah. me up. Cracked me. He was great. He was great in this movie, he was good Justin for Long. Sure. Amazing, yeah. 
Highly recommended to Eric. So two weeks ago, I went to see Halloween Ends. So Halloween Ends is the third installment in the trilogy uh, that that started in 2018. So there was Halloween in 2018, Halloween Kills the following year. No, the fall uh, the, in 2020. This year we got Halloween Ends. It's actually the 13th ha Halloween movie in the franchise. How the hell do you make a different movie? What do you do? How do you not keep doing the same thing over and over again? Well, I'll tell you what. This movie did something completely different that no horror fan or Halloween fan expected. I really liked it, but it is not what you're expecting, which is what I loved. You know, you don't keep doing the same formulaic slasher, change it up. This movie changed it, changed it up. I'm just going to go into like a synopsis. Basically, you pick up like four years after the second one. Basically, they changed the antagonist. Michael Myers, who's the face of the Halloween franchise, the killer, is not the highlight of this movie, unlike the other 12 movies. They kind of create another bad guy, is all I'll say. And it changes the whole dynamic of the movie. Very cool. I dug it a lot. I know a lot of people didn't that were fans of horror film and just Halloween, the Halloween franchise. Jamie Lee Curtis is in the movie. It's her seventh Halloween movie that she's done all the way dating back to like the original in 78. So like she's getting up there. Like this is her last one finally. There's closure in here. Yeah, so it was a really nice like gift wrap bow on the franchise for now. I'm sure they're gonna freaking reboot it whenever. But uh, yeah, it was a really pleasant watch actually. If you're like a diehard horror fan, if you like the Halloween movies, I recommend it a lot. I've only seen, actually haven't seen any of the Halloween movies, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Would you, um, if you had to do, and I know you've already done this for me years ago, but for the listeners, if you had to give out, like of the 13, five that are must watch, how would you rank those? That's a great, great question. Um, I'll just set up that, that answer with something else. Like Hall the Halloween franchise in the horror realm, in the horror genre, it's one of the most talked about, discussed, criticized. It has its fanboys that will die on their hill defending all the movies. It's a very popular and dissected franchise. If I were to recommend, like basically, in there's 13 movies and there's four different timelines. But if I were to recommend them, I'd recommend Halloween 1978, the original, and then the sequel that came out in 1981, Halloween 2. It follows right after Halloween 1. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. It's great. And then I would I would jump actually all the way to 1998, I think. 97, 98 with Halloween. It's called the Halloween Age 20 for 20 years later. So it's Jamie Lee Curtis again at a prep school. And she's got her son played by Josh Hartnett. LL Cool J is also in the movie. Michelle Williams. It's like a cool like college scream type Halloween movie. And then honestly, I'd go back to the Halloween 2018 trilogy, those three movies, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. So basically anything with Jamie Lee Curtis, it sounds like, are the ones that are worth watching. Correct. Except for one of the movies, her six movies, I, I just named six movies that she's in. They're great. They're worth watching. Okay. Yeah. All right, solid. I definitely do feel like I need to watch Halloween, the OG, and then I'll, I'll go through the, mm -hmm. the Jamie Lee Curtis ones. Now I feel like now we're in November and I'm, I'm in the mood for horror movies. But, you know, it's not only um, only okay, only acceptable to watch these horror movies in 
fall. Yeah. You, know, you can watch them at any time of the year. Like, you know, the thing, the, when the first snowfall happens, yeah. you know I'm watching the thing yeah. as well. So, so Me too. Year-round. All right, nice. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed Halloween Ends because of the same podcast I just mentioned earlier, they were not a fan of the movie, but I am glad that you enjoyed it and like it, like the fresh perspective on it, which I feel like is needed after that many movies there. Like you need to switch it up a little bit. I, and yeah, Eric, just quickly, I was that that was a, my question. I was going to ask you, what do you do for the thirteenth? Do you just cookie cutter do what you've done the last twelve, or do you do something? Basically, Eric, this is the last Jedi of the Halloween movies, but not as. Not bad like The Last Jedi. But they went like crazy out there with an idea. Just like The Last Jedi did. This is the... Halloween Ends is like The Last Jedi. That's a good way of explaining it. Yeah. Also divisive. As uh, haters and lovers. Super divisive. But you got to respect an installment in a franchise trying to shake things up and do something different. That'll get the people talking too, right? Like cookie cutter is not the way to go. Something that's... I'll segue into my next recommendation. Cookie cutter and... More is not more in the sense that people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again on the screen. And what I've enjoyed about my next recommendation is that they've shaked, switched up the formula in what they present on the screen. And that is Marvel's Werewolf by Night. The first actually horror installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is a, a special presentation is how they're dubbing it. It's I would say it's... um. I don't know if it's a short film or a long episode. It's a 55-minute special starring a um, a new character in a, a monster-heavy universe set in the... or storyline set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Shot in black and white. It has a really old-school look and feel to it. Like the, It looks like the director was paying homage to a lot of old school horror movies that I've obviously not seen. Matt, if you've seen Werewolf by Night, you might be able to comment on this more, but it definitely felt like in the camera shots and the angles and the, the music and just the special effects, the practical over the um, the VFX that they're using, it just really felt authentic. And I absolutely love this special presentation. I think this is something that Marvel should be doing a lot more of Rather than giving us these dragged out six episode series around a B character for that the majority of the story is nonsensical and has 50% filler content and only a couple of good episodes, I feel like they should just be focusing on a shorter, more concise, tightly knit story, leaving us wanting more rather than frustrated and overextending their stay, which I feel like has been the case for the majority of the Marvel shows. Lo- I love this. I am. Um, I wanted more at the end of Werewolf by Night, but I'm also happy that it left left us being content. Would recommend for anyone who likes Marvel, anyone who likes horror, yeah, anyone looking for a nice little escape, Werewolf by Night. Did you get a chance to watch this, Matt? I have not watched this, and I read a little about it, I didn't think twice. Like I, obviously, I didn't do my homework, Eric, because uh, I did not know. Like everything you just said is new knowledge to me. So I will be watching that like probably in the next coming days because that sounds right up my alley, right? And even fifty-five. That's crazy. It's like a short film, or I mean, I don't know. What, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And is it is it like rated R, Eric? Or so it's not rated R. But there's definitely some violence that we've never seen in the MCU 
before for okay. sure. Like I was surprised at some of the things that happened on the screen and it was, like, it was great. Like I said, this is um, a case where I think Marvel should take notes from how successful this was. It got, it was very well received. And when this was announced, I had no interest in seeing this, but then I saw that it was getting some good reviews and people were praising like the cinematography. And just, I saw a couple of pictures that the shots look cool. I'm like, I know what? It's pretty short. I'll just throw this on. So happy I, I watched it. It was like really good. And I've seen people suggest that this is how they should go about introducing new characters now. Like do a people want like a ghost writer to be introduced in something like this, which I could totally see that. Instead of giving us dragged out stories, just give us like okay, this is the character and this is a little story that he's a part of. Like it's not a it's it wasn't a full on origin story for this guy. It's just like he has an established background. He's here to do something. And then you see where it goes from there. Like it's, it, I think it works and I am um, def definitely recommend. I like that you mentioned like that's what Marvel needs to do because, well, I think we'll be talking about a superhero movie at, um, later on in the episode and talk about the future of what should or should not be done. So uh, good foreshadowing for our future. Something I'm going to bring up later. Glad Marvel's doing more like, like horror stuff though, or sinister stuff. I'm going to get into I'm going to keep going with the horror films here because I've been busy in October. <laughs> when you were talking about Barbarian, you mentioned like excess gore and like gratuitous violence, like not being your thing. Well, this next movie is definitely not for you. It's a killer clown movie called uh, Terrifier 2. Mm. So Terrifier 2 is a slasher film featuring the killer Art the Clown, who's uh, making his like he's he's a silent character. He's making his way into like the a case for himself into like a like the Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers. Like, he's he's like a, a 21st century, like, he's getting into that horror. People start recognizing him and costumes will pop up soon. Both, this movie is extremely, like, gory and lots of great kills. Those, those are the, That's the highlight of the movie. But, like, it's just, he's, like, he's just a great character, Eric. He doesn't talk, but he, he like, mimes and he, he's like a, like a silent clown. So this is about like a girl who it's basically a big Halloween party and then Art the Clown makes his way into like the town and Eric in just okay in terms of an art form of practical special special effects no CGI this movie is like 10 out of 10 masterpiece everything looks so realistic and gnarly and gross but oh my god as a gorehound I can't help but love it <laughs> Um, any, I basically recommend it to anyone who likes like watching like extreme movies like that. It's excessive, exploitative, but like in all the best way possible. The more I'm talking, the more I think I'm sounding like a psychopath. <laughs> um, like when I was talking about watching the Jeffrey Dahmer TV show, but no, it's a really good horror film. People that say horror is dead or there's no good horror movies. Terrifier 2 is... A great horror movie. I recommend it if you're just like a big gore hound and like those horror movies that are just like, you know, unrated. Yeah, despite uh, dressing up as Pennywise the dancing clown in my apparent <laughs> affinity for clowns, I don't know if this is right up my alley, but um, no, I have heard about Terrifier actually in Terrifier 2. Um, one of my coworkers, her son is into into that, like kind of like he was a big fan of the, those movies. So, um, nice. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, it is nice to hear that, um, movies are able to deliver in like that 
genre, which some people are, like you're saying, are saying that there isn't as much good horror out there these mm-hmm. days, but I, I completely agree with you. There is great horror, and my preferred niche would be more in like the thriller aspect and um, psychological. I like the low-budget vibes as well. Man, this is the graphic slasher. I'm not. I'm not at the gore hound status yet. Okay. Give me some time. I'll. I'll get there. <laughs> uh, I was actually. My next one was gonna be another horror movie, but I'll actually switch it up a little. I'll go with uh, this movie that I watched on Crave, Sound of Metal. Have you seen this, Matt? No, I have not. Okay. In a nutshell, it's about a drummer in a metal band who suddenly loses his hearing. So is no longer able to play the drums the way he once was able to. And he's in a band with... Basically, he's in a duo with his girlfriend, played by Olivia Cook. So it's Olivia Cook and Riz Ahmed. Ahmed. Loved their dynamic and chemistry together. They're fantastic in this. And then basically the plot evolves into Riz, his character learning to adapt his new lifestyle and being integrated into a community of deaf people. So it was definitely an intense movie, but had a lot of great lighthearted and heartwarming moments that made for a really enjoyable watch. Definitely heavy at times. Like it's a, these are heavy topics, right? Like metal music to the characters that we're dealing with come from, difficult backgrounds as well so they've gone through a lot in their lives so there's just a lot going on with both of them it's really good though like there's some again good humor i'll keep repeating that beating that dead horse and there's some good humor in there and fantastic acting i really enjoyed it um been an olivia cook guy since uh house of the dragons so you know i had to look up you know what she's been in no bates motel up next yeah, so I'd recommend that Sound of Metal, Matt. I do think you'd enjoy it, and I think anyone who's looking for, you know, it's, uh, the word intense comes to mind first there, but like just a solid story and um, showing also, like I love these stories and these movies that cover um, communities of people that don't necessarily always get the most shine and um, limelight right like i coda was also a movie that i enjoyed a lot around like, the deaf community as well and uh, i think th- those are great stories that are told and more more movies should be focusing on people in different situations so sound of metal definitely recommend yeah i, I have heard of it of course because it got so much praise eric uh, my mom's watched it and told me it's intense and that i would love it i did watch one scene it was on Crave, just like on a ch- like random chant, um, randomly during the day. I caught one scene, Eric, and I had to like stop watching because I wanted to start from the beginning. But the scene I saw was super intense. He's just trying to like, he can't hear anything from like the drugstore clerk or like a uh, clerk at the grocery store or something. And I'm like, holy crap, like I need to start from the beginning. It's got its, it's prestigious already. And Riz Ahmed apparently is phenomenal in this. So like, and you just said he was. So yeah. can't wait to check it out. On a side note, Eric. Olivia Cook, Bates Motel, yes, great show. She's great in it. There's also a movie with her and Anya Taylor-Joy, though, called Thoroughbreds. I don't know. You like both those actresses, you'd like this movie. It's like a dark drama comedy. Yeah, maybe we'll do an... That'll be on our... We'll cover that on the Olivia Cook show. We'll go through her <laughs> filmography. She's in a horror movie, too, actually. The Quiet One. She's quite good, actually. No, she's, she's a good, good actress. She's good in that, too. Yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah. Fan. 
Um, I will also say though on this movie, one last note, like the sound editing, it won a few awards in those categories at the Oscars. So really good sound editing and they really make you feel what Riz Ahmed's character is feeling in with his loss of hearing. So the scenes mm-hmm. alternate and cut a lot from what everyone else is hearing, like his girlfriend, what she's experiencing in the world and then how it just cuts to muffled or muted audio on his part and uh also yeah it just adds layers to the viewing experience as well so that was a, a big plus in that movie's favor it's like there aren't that many movies that i've seen that give you that feeling that's awesome that you said that because the only other movie i can think of that does that the only couple movies is that movie with Anthony Hopkins, the father where he has dementia and the movie is presented to the viewer, like to confuse you as if you had dementia and Alzheimer's and it it throws you off throwing different actors and actresses that play the same character to present the movie as if you were Anthony Hopkins struggling to remember who's who. So sound of metal does that with the sound. That's awesome. I caught that during the scene I watched. I was like, Oh, it's, that's brilliant. I love when a movie does that. Um, only seen it like maybe three times memento the father and now sound of metal so that's awesome I'm, i'll just go with my last horror film that i wanted to talk about it's a movie starring mia goth and it's called pearl it's a prequel to a horror film that came out this year prequel to the horror film called x pearl is it's shot like a 50s melodrama but it's a horror film it's very like melodramatic and like they're acting like an old movie. It takes place in the 20s or the 1910s. Like automobiles have just been invented. It's about a girl kind of losing her mind and wanting to escape her farm life, her 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 dead end life in, on the farm to, and go out to be like a dancer, an actress, you know, the bigger things. But like they're telling her no and then she's a little psychotic herself and it turns into like a good character. It's a good character piece and turns bloody in all the best ways possible. So Pearl is a really a high recommend for me. I know it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival, but yeah, it's just a really, really solid horror film. So is the movie X. And there's going to be a third movie in that trilogy now, so that's going to be good. But Mia Goth, Eric, she's a new actress too, like Olivia Cook. She's very been doing a lot of stuff recently. Very interesting look to her. She's just a really good actress too. No, I haven't seen her in anything. I've heard of X. I feel like okay. I've seen the poster for it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know much about it, so I guess I didn't partake. Um, I will say, though, so Pearl, I am a fan of one-word movie titles. Big fan. Okay. Barbarian being one. And I feel like horror movies tend to go in that direction. Right? Like, they like to keep it kind of ambiguous and just like reel you in with an obscure title, like a movie that you recommended a few weeks ago that I'm also going to subsequently recommend Fresh. That's my last horror movie as well. I watched this, I think, uh, last week. <laughs> Loved it. So, for those of you who don't remember, quickly, um, Daisy Edgar Jones's character meets Sebastian Stan's character. So, she's basically just, like, struggling to find, to meet someone, trying to meet people online. It's just not going well. And then has this faithful encounter in a grocery store, meets Sebastian Stan's character. They start dating, and then it, inevitably takes a turn at some point it's a horror movie after all and loved Sebastian Stan's acting in this movie he was hilarious and like a interesting character no doubt and I I was a fan of everything they did 
with his character, with Daisy Edgar Jones. I know I'm not really saying much here and recommending it, but I don't want to give away what the things are that happen in the movie. <laughs> but definitely enjoyed. Short movie again. I will say, though, my one critique, wasn't a huge fan of the ending. I thought it, um, okay. it set up some great stuff along the way. And when the title crawl hit, that happens like 40 minutes into the movie. It's like, okay, this is the probably the latest I've ever seen a title and credit roll come into a movie ever. But it was a nice, it gave a little that was I think the tur- that was the turning point in the movie. And then we really it really yeah. got rolling into the creepiness. Yeah, the ending was like um a B minus to an A, a strong A of a movie. So overall, like a minus B plus movie, I would say. Really enjoyed it though. Like it was it, it hit all those notes of suspense, great setting, intrigue, characters, funny again. And I I'm these are the kind of horror movies that I really enjoy. The confined environment, the minimalistic cast, good story, cool concept. Like is um this and Barbarian, like I really enjoyed. Probably my well, for sure my two favorite horror movies I've seen this year, no doubt. Love Daisy Edgar Jones too. I thought she was great. She reminded me of a young Dakota Johnson. Okay, so the movie has such a ridiculous like what ends up like when you find out like what the movie's about. You're like, what the hell? Like, how does this work? But the script of the movie is so good that it, it's it's darkly funny and you're engaged. Yep. Sebastian Stan, Eric, doesn't he remind you of like a bit like Patrick Bateman, like oh, his yeah. char- charisma, <laughs> for sure, right? His charisma and his like charm super charming the girl was awesome too just like her uh, her her for tinder date at the beginning of the movie like how that goes down that's hilarious couldn't stand that guy oh right i was never bored because there's always something like in this just good dialogue basically is what i want to say um i know what you mean about the ending i think i know exactly what you're talking about like the turn it takes we talk about it off air but yeah, no, I'm glad you liked it, Eric. I thought something else was going to happen. Like I had a I had a call later in the movie. So there are like a few different turns. Uh, no, I can't really say without saying what it is there. But there was a yeah. moment where I thought I knew where it was going and then it, it didn't go that way. So that would have been... And it, actually the same thing happened with Barbarian too. I thought something was going to happen and then didn't. So maybe I should just stop oh, okay. thinking and just watch, you know. It's it's good to just go into these things, live in the moment, not have a hyperactive brain always analyzing everything. Just That's another recommendation. Just throw that in there. Just watch. Don't don't think too much. Right. And what you just said can really relates to the next movie I'll I'll choose to talk about now. And that is the behemoth of a movie, Black Adam. The reason I say that is it's been getting like so much publicity and press. Although like as far as all the stuff I'm following, I can't stop hearing about it. So Black Adam, of course, is Dwayne Johnson's new superhero movie for DC. Um, Black Adam is an old character from 1945, actually a villain uh, changed into an anti-hero in the last like 20 years. One thing I didn't know going in is it really... really you really need to watch like shazam and all that to like to understand the lore of black adam i did not know that but getting into black adam um i've actually seen that the theater twice so i'm like i have a lot i have lots to say on this movie i'll start off (laughs) my initial thoughts like i was very entertained by black adam is it a perfect movie no is it just 
another superhero movie with crazy, insanely good action. Minimal on the story, very predictable. Yes, it's one of those movies. Does The Rock kind of like take you out of the movie because it's like The Rock and you're like, why is he acting all different? Yes, of course you feel that the whole time. But you know what? It's a super fun popcorn roller coaster movie. And this is a spoiler free review, so I'm not going to get into like specifics of what I did not like, but it's just predictable. You know exactly what's going to happen before it happens. You're like, okay, there's going to be a scene with this now and then another scene with this. And I mean, it's The Rock, you know, like... You know he's going to have the ending that only The Rock wants, right? You know, like, to make him look good. Here's the thing with Black Adam 2, Eric, and it's an interesting... If Black Adam had come out before Iron Man in 2008, like, Black Adam would have been, like, this great movie. Everyone would have loved it. Revolutionary. Except that it it, it didn't come out in 2008. It came out after, what, like, 14 years of superhero movies that we've watched. Movies like Infinity War, which set the benchmark for any superhero movie. So Black Adam is just another one of those, like roll it into like the barrel of formulaic, really fun action movies. Completely different from any DC movie too. You know, they didn't go dark at all, right? So it's just super predictable, cheesy fun. That's all, that's really how I can describe the movie best. Like before I get into more stuff, Eric, did you like, did you have any interest in seeing the movie? Like what did Black Adam, what was your first, what's your first thing you think of when you think Black Adam. Okay, so first thing I thought of when I heard about Black Adam and all the the years, basically, of hype that have been around this movie was I have zero interest in seeing this. This looks terrible. Straight up. Like, even in seeing the trail, I'm like, this looks like garbage. <laughs> and had zero interest in seeing it. Now I'm actually hearing kind of positive things about it. I'm shocked. I'm not going to lie. But also pleasantly surprised that it isn't what I and I think a lot of people thought it would be. I'm glad to hear that it's a decent movie. That it's just a turn your brain off. You know it's coming, but you're all in. You're all for it. Popcorn fun. Like you do need those movies. I am glad to hear that it, it was enjoyable for you. That you saw it twice. So I'm sure it was like it had a, a good amount of entertainment value. Am I gonna go see it in theaters? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not as opposed to it as I was before, but um, it's I'm more excited for like the Black Panther movie, Avatar, mm-hmm. and there are a few other movies I kind of want to see. But it's good to hear, and I I do like to hear that it has a, a the lighthearted vibe, and also from what I'm hearing is you saying that The Rock kind of takes you out of it because it's The Rock. Would you say that he's uh, playing a kind of a different character in this one, though, co- compared to all the other similar roles that he's played in his movies, like the Luke Hobbs, the the Jumanji, the Rampage, Skyscraper. Like, those, I feel like, are always the same character for The Rock. Here, I would imagine it, there aren't as many jokes and rock-isms as in the, those other movies. Is that fair to say? So you're completely right. I said he takes me out because it's just... He's such a huge actor. Like, any role he plays, I can't see him as that character. But no, you have never seen The Rock like this ever. Very stoic. Doesn't talk as much at all. Okay, Completely different. You're absolutely right. People what people have told you is true. Which was kind of cool to see him different. Like, not the funny guy. Like, there's other characters that are like that in the movie. It's just, it's still The Rock, though. Like, it's hard to see him as anything else. I, I'm a huge fan of Dwayne John. Like, I follow him on social media. Maybe that's why I can't 
dis- uh, distance the two from each other. But uh, the action really is the highlight. And the side characters, the other superheroes in the movie, are really well done. Especially uh, Dr. Fate, played by Pierce Brosnan. That was extremely fun to see. And part of the, the only reason I wanted to see it a second time, just for those action scenes, Eric, kind of moves the DC storyline along a little bit. With some of the stuff like i'm not going to spoil some of that stuff but there are characters from other movies it was a good introduction to a new character basically eric but it's a movie you've seen a bunch of times too like i i think i i was gonna say i liked it more than thor 4 but i still like the thor character more i don't know it's hard to the action the action eric is top notch okay nice there's gonna be more of black adam and it's gonna continue the dc storyline along you know, after Justice League and all that. We were talking about Marvel movies earlier and DC. Well, let's just lump them together as superhero movies. Do you feel like we're at a fork right now, Eric, where it's like, what if uh, Black Panther 2, like, tanks and is actually not good? What if Ant-Man 3, 2 is very subpar? Like, are we seeing the slow death right now, Eric? Or we're going to need Wakanda forever to be, like, the what puts us back up again? Or the new DC movie to be like, okay... We're in an upward trajectory again. Because I feel like we're in downward spiral right now, Eric. Yeah, for like, sure. This is a, low a little point. bit, right? I think it's... Yeah. There's no other way to spin it. It's what kind of forever is going to bring us back up, I hope. And even... Mm-hmm. Like, so I actually watched the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Still haven't watched Black Panther, what kind of forever. But I wanted to see Kang in the trailer. So I got um, had a moment of weakness to watch <laughs> the trailer. It did look sick. Like I am excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp, but that's the thing. Like, we've seen these really cool-looking trailers in Doctor Strange, and I guess I hadn't seen the trailer for Thor, but I saw it after I saw the movie. And, um, like, those movies are just, like, pretty good. So I hope that's not the case, of again, of, like, a great-looking trailer for only a pretty good movie. And it's too bad that that's how we view them. Like, the standard's so high. I do have high hopes for Wakanda Forever. I think it's a movie, like we've already said, it can't afford to be bad, and it's going to be the one that takes us out of this rut and brings us back up. And honestly, I think Werewolf by Night, while I'm mis- I don't think it's had a crazy viewership, in my opinion, is the best Phase 4 content we've had in 2022. Not the best Phase 4 content overall, okay. but in 2022, for sure. For what it is, like pound wow. for pound, eh, fantastic stuff. Just to re-recommend that, just like, back that that back in but yes Wakanda Forever I think will be superior to that ultimately it has to it's an it's almost a three-hour movie too which um I saw that I'm excited for I think it's gonna be a solid I'm going to see it opening night very excited for that I was forced to watch the Black Panther 2 trailer before Black Adam and it does look insanely good actually Eric like I'm super pumped for it now that would have been an eyes closed for me two hour like let's say we'll say three hour long movie black adam was only two hours and it felt like they wanted to put more in there because it's super the movie it doesn't waste a second it's super rushed you know they wanted to do more like character development scenes but they cut those i mean whatever a three hour like a, a long black adam movie would not have been good though so again of that pod i listened to they hated they it. The, the skateboarding plot. Do you have any comments uh, on that? Like, there's a skateboarding component to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, our main character, our main human character, likes to skateboard and parkour around like security guards and evade authority. And 
No, I had no issue with that. <laughs> that's that's so minimal. That's the thing. Like I recommend Black Adam here if you just want turn your brain off action, and you kind of need to watch it if this character will be is going to be in other movies. I'm guessing he will. So it's an intro movie. There's been a lot worse. Let's just say that. I'm glad it. I'm glad it's doing well too because I'm a big fan of The Rock and I want like he's. He's poured his heart and soul into this. He needs this yeah. too. He's hurting yeah. for uh, for the money, so mm. I'm glad he's doing well as well. Um, yeah. So I'll segue into my next show, actually, that I'd like to recommend, which is a six-episode miniseries called Tales of the Jedi on Disney+. Plus. So these are short, short standalone TV episodes following different Jedi animated, by the way. This is Clone Wars style animation in the star wars universe 15 to 20 minute episodes each they fly by they tell us a little story about certain characters that we know well i'll name a few ahsoka tano a young count dooku young qui-gon we see a few other jedi as well yaddle actually she gets some shine it was really good like the animation was the best we've seen of any animated star wars show and again, this is a less is more situation. And after these short episodes, I always wanted more, but was left satisfied. Loved seeing some young Count Dooku action as well. That was something that has always been talked about as something that people wanted to see. How do you present that story? Do you go live action, do a six episode thing, or... I think they chose the best option here in giving us a couple of stories that he's involved with. You get some extra okay. insight on his mindset and where he was at in certain points in time. It was perfect. And again, this is stuff that Marvel and Diz and Star Wars should be doing more of. Shorter format, little stories. I want. I hope Tales of the Jedi gets renewed for a second season. They t- give us a few more stories for different Jedi as well. Uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself right now because I, I almost started it. Uh, it's it's on my watch list. Basically, I'm super interested. Now it's gonna be jumping up a few spots. Like I'm, that and uh, Werewolf by Night. Um, I did see the images of the episodes and I'm like, oh, I recognize some characters and I'm like, okay, I need to watch this. It's only, I didn't know it was 15 to 20 minutes though. That's almost seems like too little. Is there a lot of action, Eric? Like, is it super like well done? Like Clone Wars the last season or? There's not a lot of action. There definitely is some. Okay. There's for sure a decent amount of action. One of the biggest pluses of Clone Wars was actually the ability to do these extravagant action scenes that actors just simply are unable to do like some of these movements right yeah but they also had great dialogue driven scenes and forcing us to ask ourselves questions about themes of like good and evil and why people act the way they do like clone wars is is not necessarily a show for kids i feel like that's a huge misconception when anyone thinks of these animated shows there's stuff for adults in there and Arguably some of the best content that we see on TV and on the big screen. So I would put Tales of the Jedi up there with like the best of Clone Wars, honestly. Like there's probably some Clone Wars episodes okay. that I would say are above it for sure. Like there's some of some of the arcs in Clone Wars I find like some of the best in Star Wars, period. But I'd put Tales of the Jedi as like this is really good 
high quality content. So if you enjoy Clone Wars, you'll for sure like Tales of the Jedi. I don't think there's there's a question there. And it's just cool to go back to the, this timeline between episodes one and uh, four. There's just a lot of great stuff in there. And it it just enriches everything we've seen in the movies and in the shows. These little stories that happen in between specific moments in the movies. like you, You'll be able to pinpoint exactly where these stories are taking place based on uh, something that happened off screen that you know happened in one of the movies kind of thing. So it, oh, it's really good stuff. That's such a brilliant concept because that's all like fans clamor for, right? Like what happened in between those two movies, in between that, in between yep. that, during that? I mean, I feel like Star Wars has so much content because of stuff like that, right? Like it's brilliant. Honestly, tale, I just thought of this. Tales of the Jedi I would describe as like, deleted scenes that didn't make it into the movies or um, uh, shows, but r- truly add value to the uh, specific storylines. All right. I'll jump into a TV show too then. The only one. And it's also anthology style. Like every episode's a standalone. It's uh, the Guillermo del Toro presents a cabinet of curiosities. Each episode's 40, 50 minutes. I, I wouldn't say horror, but, like, very, like, morbid, macabre tales, like, dark tales. Like, the first... I've only seen the first two episodes, and there's eight of them out so far. But, like, first episode involved, like, storage units. Like, almost like the show Storage Wars, like, winning... Like, buying units, and then the, the guy discovers something in the storage unit. Brings it in to get appraised, and then it kicks off from there. Um, and the second one was, like, totally different, taking place in, like the 1800s or whatever 1900s and it's like about grave digging and something like every every episode is completely different but so far i'm loving them they're horror they're not over the top like gore or anything they're just just enough horror and intrigue and there's so far the both episodes have had good actors in it and solid acting and i hear that the rest of the show is really good too and has like known actors in every uh, every episode but i love shows like this eric where each episode's a different a standalone, basically. Um, keeps it fresh. And I think for horror and stuff, that's the way to go. Um, just like the American Horror Story TV show, every season's different. So, big fan of that. It's very, the show is very like the Twilight Zone where it's weird shit happening and you're like, what? But it just works because it's, it's the horror genre. And then, and like the show even starts with Guillermo del Toro, like talking, presenting the episode. Like in this episode, we'll have this, a tale of this. It's very old school with like a curator, you know, like explaining like what you're about to watch. So it's kind of old school that way. I love it. Let me finish the show. Then we'll, I'll fully like, yeah, you need to watch it type thing or, oh, it weaned off in the end. But uh, yeah, Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix, actually. It popped up right away, my recommendations. Okay, nice. Uh, I thought you were going to go with the um, Midnight Club as your TV show recommendation, mm. honestly. I, I watched the first episode, so that was the, um, f- I forget his name, the guy there. Uh, Midnight Club. It's I haven't with watched. The guy who did Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor. Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Michael Mike Flanagan. Okay, yeah, Mike Flanagan. So he's back with another series. I read that. Where he yeah. previously released Midnight Mass. Now Midnight Club is the sequel to that. Yeah. In a different uh, timeline or whatever, it's a different storyline completely. I watched the first episode. Yeah. I wasn't that hooked, but I heard it was pretty good. So 
might get into that at some point. And I have heard of a cabinet curiosities there with uh, Guillermo. And yes, hopefully it does end up being a good show that you've only seen the first two and you're enjoying and it ends strong and it, it doesn't end up being a situation like The Bear or even We Own This City that I've completely fallen off of. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I only watched two episodes and like I said, it was kind of like a poor man's The Wire. Um, I think it's because I blitzed that show and then I went right into that after that I'm... I was in the mood for that kind of content and then realizing that it wasn't as good, then I just gave up on it. Maybe if I had seen The Wire years ago and then got to We Own the City, I would have loved it. I'm, I'm, I do want to get back into it at some point, but I just had to step away from that whole Baltimore universe for a bit. I have a few other shows that I've lined up on each crave that I want to watch. I'm in between like Eastbound and Down, Workaholics, Deadwood... And, um, like, finishing Westworld, maybe, Oz. Like, that's another one. Have you seen Oz? Oh, Oz, I've seen... Uh, the f- Oz is an insanely messed up show, Eric. I've seen all the... I owned all the seasons back in the day on DVD. It's... It, every actor you can think of on any HBO show, Eric, has started it on oz i'm not even joking there's so many good actors on oz and (laughs) young actors that grow up to become like bigger names it's insane the guest stars on oz is michael k williams in oz maybe i don't remember it's been so long but he might be half the actors in the wire are on oz so it's crazy insane show is it good though would you recommend it it's good. It's very dark and like depressing. Like, it's not a it's not a heartwarming show at all. It's very like prison and what happens in prison, right? Like murder and worse. You know, uh, that and doesn't sound too appetizing. No, like don't. It's it was hard to watch in the sense of like holy shit. Like just when you think things are going well, they, they don't, and it's it's insane. All right, so uh, it, reverse recommendation: yeah. don't watch Oz. Is what we're well takeaway here. But it, it's so well made. <laughs> um, J, um, J.K. Simmons is in the whole show. He's like phenomenal, and he's the most hated character you'll ever see. Well, that I he's can believe. Amazing though, yeah. He it makes Whiplash look like freaking the most lovable okay, character well, ever. That's that's pretty crazy. Most lovable yeah, character. Like, I can't I can't imagine him being. I'm sure he can get to another level from his character in Whiplash, but like it can't be that that much worse. Like that character's a scumbag in Whiplash. I will take your word for it though. In Oz, he's the head of the Aryan like oh. section of the prison, <laughs> the neo Nazis, well, and he okay. he does like murder is the least of the stuff he does. Is all I'm gonna say, and it's messed up. What's what's workaholics? You said that I, I have no idea what that is. Is that like a new or old? I don't really know what it's about. Honestly, it's been recommended to me. It's um, I know um, Adam Levine, if that's his name. Okay, is in it. Divine. Um, it's him and two buddies, and I I opened the first. I I just clicked play just to queue up the first episode, so I would have it in my continue watching, so I didn't need to look it up again. And the first scene is them at a party playing beer pong. So I'm like, all right, this might, might be my kind of show. Um, so yeah. we'll see. I, I have no idea what it's about, though. I know it's a comedy. So, I mean, it'll be good to go down a lighthearted path after all these horror movies we've, we've recommended for the last hour there. 
So I do think it'd be nice to watch a show like that. Like shorter episodes too is always nice. Yeah, and East Mountain Down is also a comedy with Danny McBride. There's a lot of good stuff on Crave. Like I want to just knock down these HBO shows. Chernobyl too. I don't know if you've seen that. Apparently that's fantastic. I hear it's fantastic. To uh to medic to like to combat all this horror I've been watching. I have been binging like Brooklyn Nine Nine and um It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I watched a couple episodes of that. But Brooklyn Nine Nine, I I have a lot of episodes I haven't watched and it's a hilarious show. I don't know it if is. I've talked about it before. It's it's genius. Like I watch it with subtitles so I catch every little like inside joke or um reference, like pop culture reference and stuff like that. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, freaking Andy Samberg is he is quite gifted. He's hilarious. He is very good, a hundred percent. And Holt, Captain Holt, uh, Holt is the goat anyway. for sure. Yeah, or isn't he? Isn't he? Uh. Um, but no. Speaking of subtitles, I was watching something recently, and it made me think like, I couldn't watch this without subtitles. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's this. So I started this movie the other day. I didn't finish it yet, but I'll still recommend it because. I was enjoying it up until the moment I stopped watching. Hot Fuzz. That was great. I don't know if you've seen this, Matt. I know it's a pretty well-known movie. I've just never seen it. I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, ah, let's throw this on. And um, obviously, it's set in the UK. So a few of the accents in different regions of the UK as well. Some of the accents can be, at times, difficult to understand what they're saying. A lot of well-known, a lot of actors I recognize too. Like uh, Patty Constantine there from uh, yeah. House of the Dragon. Uh, there are a few others like uh, Martin Freeman had a quick cameo, and well, Simon Pegg is the main character there. Very good. I, I thought it was really funny from what I had seen, so I'll preemptively recommend that. Hopefully, the back half is strong, and I don't look like a fool recommending this. But yeah, Hot Fuzz. It's on Netflix, so check it. Hot Fuzz is great, actually. Um, Edgar Wright, the director, like he never misses for me. I love. I've loved all his movies: Baby Driver, Last Night in Soho. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And then he started his career with that trilogy of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. They all have similar themes and actors, like Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and then like Martin Freeman, I think, is in uh, the second and third one. But anyways, Hot Fuzz blends the genres beautifully of buddy cop movie, detective, a whodunit. It's got some graphic kills, so like it's got the horror element of graphic kills. It's a great Agatha mystery style of a movie, basically. And I don't know how far you got, Eric, but like there's more, there's a lot of investigating going on in the movie and introducing characters that just to throw you off and like who actually did what. It's really good. Really good movie. A little long, but good payoff. Okay. Well, from what I had seen, there's no gratuitous violence at all. So I'm looking okay. forward to that. And, uh, but I figure there'd be something that happened. Like he gets relocated to this little village where like there's seemingly no crime. And uh, he just shakes up the, the culture in there coming from an extremely hardened yeah. background as a police yeah. officer in London where crime, like there's a lot of crime and any yeah. violation he would take in to his own hands to ensure that the law was followed where in this village, like everyone's breaking the law and he, he just ends up arresting everybody and they all hate him immediately. Like that's yeah. the last thing I saw basically. Okay. So I thought it was pretty funny. Interested to see, like, obviously they're not a fan of this new, cause he's the Sergeant now in their uh, village. So him coming in hot like that, I'm sure will not go over well with the locals who are just trying to be patrons okay. in a pub. 
Okay, I, I'm glad I didn't say too much. I didn't know how far you got, but there are, there will be some, like, there'll be some grisly scenes later on, which are super, com like, you'll see. Um, no, Eric, you should finish that one. It's it's really good. Um, and the, and the, the third one's good, too, The World's End. It's got Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, of course, but it's got Patty Constantine, Martin Freeman, and Eddie Marson, who's in a bunch of stuff. You would recognize him, Eric. But they're all like buddies reconnecting after 10, 20 years. And Simon Pegg's the only one who hasn't really aged. Like he's still like single, like has the same job. He's still like an asshole loser. And they've all moved on and had families. But they want to go one last night of like rekindling old memories. And it all goes downhill and the movie turns into something completely different. But that one's good too, The World's End. Um, Simon Pegg's a dick in that movie. And it's pretty funny actually. <laughs> good little trilogy there with Shaun of the Dead. One more thing again that I started watching, I've not finished. Okay. I will be asking your input to see if I should finish this movie. And it it just clicked. This is the movie I needed subtitles for. It wasn't Hot Fuzz. Okay. I lived in the UK. I could understand their accents. <laughs> it was Escape from New York. I've I've watched <laughs> forty some minutes of this. You cannot tell me that without subtitles, you understand what Kurt Russell is saying. This guy does not enunciate his words. No, no emotion in his delivery. He's mumbling. I couldn't even, yeah. I couldn't hear a thing he was saying. It was insane. And I, I was just not a fan of it, to be honest. Like 40 minutes in, I was like, all right, I have to stop watching this. This is frustrating. Is it worth continuing? He's now in New York in the building where the president is in. He's looking for the president. He just met up with this girl, gave her a cigarette. That's the last thing I saw. If you're not digging it 40 minutes in, Eric, I say you don't have to continue it. Like, don't... Uh, <laughs> it, it won't pay off for you. I remember watching it the first time and being a little disappointed. I was too young. Like, I was, I was expecting so much more action and, like, badassness. I was getting more of a slower, like stylistic movie and i remember the score the music was really loud but the dialogue was really low and i couldn't understand what snake was what kurt russell was saying and you're right he, he talks completely different from any other character he's done super low when i rewatched it i liked it a lot more the movie's packed with like these old cult actors like you got donald pleasant's like a lot of older actors I still enjoy the movie, Eric, but it's not something I throw on to be like entertained or it's more of a mood movie. Like, oh, I'm in the mood to watch this, you know, which has not been a lot of times. Actually, I would <laughs> much rather throw on The Thing or Big Trouble in Little China, which are movies with him and John Carpenter directing. Um, no, you're absolutely right, Eric. Can't understand a word he's saying. And I don't think you should finish it if you're not digging it now. Okay. Great to know. I'm glad I brought this up because his character did look sick, like with the eye patch yeah. and the the guns, and like he looked like he was gonna be a cool action character, which is what I was looking forward to seeing. And obviously, like it's a it's an old movie, right? Like it was released in '81, I want to say. So it's obviously yeah. dated. I can look past that, but there's just really nothing going on 40 minutes in. So I'm glad I asked and found out that. It just wouldn't be worth it. Like it gave me Dune vibes, like the original Dune vibes, and I haven't even seen that movie, and it reminded me of that. <laughs> His movies, even when they came out, were considered like a little slower. So like now they're even more dated and slower, right? So like when you when you're gonna watch, like I know eventually you're gonna watch Halloween, the OG. 
you're gonna find it a little slow. But the movie's only 90 minutes, and the last half hour is masterclass in horror film history. So you're gonna get through that one and watch it all, but you will find some parts slow and dated. Yeah, Escape from New York, not my favorite John Carpenter by any means, Eric. So many, so many other better ones. Yeah, like the thing was great. Like, I love that movie. Oh, and then yeah. Kurt Russell, at first I thought Snake, his character in Escape from New York, was a carbon copy of McCready, I want to say, McCready in the McCready, thing. yeah. It was like the same kind of character. Turns out I was way off on that. <laughs> um, maybe same character in terms of look, kind of, but not a charisma and cool action star. Yeah. I don't know what the direction was in that one. Like, who thought that was a good character choice to make him a mumbling idiots, basically, in my opinion. Like, anyways, I've said my piece on that there, but it was the, I think the wrong call to go about it that way. I don't give that movie much thought. Like, I don't, uh, I don't love it. Like, I'll be honest. I'll watch I'll, one of my favorite actors and directors, so I can still watch it. But yeah, you know, you're absolutely right, Eric. Um, those who love it, maybe they loved it, like nostalgia kicks in, right? Like, oh, I watched it when it came out. I loved it as a kid, but, um, what's cool about the movie though, the, the, the setting, like the post apocalyptic vibe, maybe not apocalyptic is the right word, but like the, a future where like New York's a prison or whatever, or it's gone to shit like Manhattan Island and they got to fly in there. Like, it's got a cool premise. You read the back of the box, super cool premise. Got to go rescue the president ask like a prisoner like someone who's trained and equipped to deal with that really cool just falls flat in the execution agreed um i have other movies i can recommend but uh they're movies that like they're older and people know these movies so i think i'll just go to music if that's okay yeah want me to just spit them out whatever you want man whatever okay i'll just i'll go to music then because it's not there were like the lesser tier recommendations um and we've been going on like longer than i realized too which is great um but uh music okay west side gun did you listen to his new album come on of course of course twice on the day it was released okay i actually really liked it surprisingly (laughs) i don't know if you liked it or i mean i've only listened to it twice too i love the length of the album i don't know i don't know where do i start me and West Side Gun, not the greatest relationship. Like you're much, you're the bigger fan by far. But like all the all the features on this album, I love some of the beats. I wasn't sure after the first song, after the intro, and then the first song. But then the more it got deeper into the album, I really dug it, and I love that song uh, with Run the Jewels and uh, Switches on Everything. Got, yeah, I love that song. I've only listened to it twice, but I'm like, what is that song? I just, I really dug the album. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I liked it a lot as well. It's okay. um, always just start to finish with these albums. So I don't fully know all the song names. I guess I knew that one, but I am. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed the features on here for sure. Like the, the those are the strengths of a West side gun album. Mm-hmm. You're not there for his rapping. You're there for the features and the beats. In my opinion, like the production on his albums are always top tier. Like, I love uh, conductor Williams camouflage monk. Like those Derringer, like those are three go-to guys and they always kill on the beats. And then, yeah, like all the Griselda guys show up. And on this one, like my guy Stove God cooks on like half the album, literally. Yeah. And the first day the album was released, there weren't the features weren't listed on the song titles. 
So it was just the names of the songs. And then you just hear him roll up at the end. Like, of course, this guy, he's here again. Like every song just kept popping up. But I never get tired of it. And I've listened to it like four or five times already. Like I really like the album. So I'm trying to just slow down on listening to it. Don't want to get sick of it too much. But right. yeah, you know, like killer features. Like the Ghostface Killer, Raekwon, Busta Rhymes, yes. Run the Jewels, um, Moe's Def, well, Black Star basically, and um, Talib Kweli. They're great. Yeah, Run, yeah it's all dynamite stuff. I love the album. And I've been in a West Side Gun just mood these days just going over his old albums and uh they same with you i, I wasn't a fan of his really a uh, year two years ago but now i'm a I'm definitely a big fan like I, I go to his albums the most out of all the the griselda homies maybe maybe because the it was a shorter album but like i was not annoyed once like w- which was not the case in previous albums of his where i was like okay too much too much of his like you know his mannerism you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like the sounds he makes but like i was not annoyed i was not annoyed at all with this album i actually quite dug it and i i i was gonna give it its fair chance and i am pleasantly surprised Great gonna album. be a contender we'll yeah, see if it, it makes the list for sure is yeah it's been a strong year actually I, i'm quite liking this year actually not too many i don't have to listen to like three four albums every week like i, I can take my time it's gonna be an interesting top 10 I feel more confident this year than last year, basically. Yeah, me, I'm looking at my lists of albums I've listened to this year. I feel like I've listened to less albums this year, still a lot. But there's more that I seriously consider for my list. So it's going to be tough. And there's more albums that are going to drop this year. So I am excited to do a full rundown and uh, chop it up. And actually, I'll recommend an album from last year that if I were to remake my list, I would probably have in my top 10. It's called oh. Pray for Haiti by Mock Homie. Pray for Haiti, Mock Homie. So he's also an, okay. a rapper who's on the Griselda label. And um, this album is executive produced by West Side Gun. So he had a big hand in helping out with the beat selection. And he is featured quite a lot on this album. It's one that... And I listened... I knew of this album last year too. And I uh, people listed it really high on their list and they thought it was really good. And I always like, I thought it was solid, but I never considered it to be that good. But now that I've re re listened to it a bunch of times and I, I find myself continuously going back to it, I'm like, this is a really good album. So I would say if you listen to it the first time and think it's a little weird, because it for sure is, it's a different kind of album. Like this guy okay. raps in a, a few different languages actually like sometimes you like obviously it's not english so it's hard to understand if you don't speak the language there but it gets really cool and i, I love the beats there's some catchy melodies on here pray, okay pray for haiti yep the artist named mock mock day what'd you say mock homi so m-a-c-h space h-o-m-m-y Makami. Okay, cool. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow morning. Yeah, no, it's good. Sweet. Um, yeah, if I were to remake my 2021 list, there's for sure be some movement. Like, Dave East is coming off that list for sure. Yeah, I, him for sure off the list. Probably Makami taking that spot. And I, nice. also, like, 2020 Kid Cudi off that list. I guess it's just always how it is, right? There's um, always yeah. movement, but... It's also not something I sit around and be like, okay, this is moving up from six to four for 2020. And like, 
<laughs> but anyways. That's what I love about lists. So like lists are ever changing. Yeah. Like you ask me every year, it'd be a different answer. You know, like oh, what's because we've listened or watched, we've listened to more albums or watched more movies, so we forever update them. Do you have any other like non uh, art, like non pop culture things to recommend? Like uh, what's 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 the update on the stretching? Okay, sure. Actually, I've been stretching like an animal out here, and I can yeah. actually. I, not easily, but I can now actually touch my toes straight up. I don't hold that pose for a long time standing up, but just sitting down, I stretch every single day, grab my nice. toes, both arms to feet. And um, yeah, it's like much easier now. Um, I honestly should have like either taken videos of myself or pictures before just to see the progress because like I couldn't do anything. And I'm really happy I took this initiative to make that change because it was pretty easy to make. And maybe at a certain point in life, if that's um, an area I never choose to address, maybe my mobility when I'm a little older just isn't as um, strong as it might be now when I'm older. So obviously nothing's guaranteed there, but I am happy. I just feel better in general. It's uh, my muscles are always... um, I don't know, like it's good to do after workouts too. Like I didn't really stretch that much after I worked out. So um, it's just a good habit. And for me now, like I'll just sit down watching a hockey game. I'm sitting down on the carpet stretching like a maniac, you know, but uh, it's, (laughs) there's worse things you could be doing than that. So no, stretching is going well. Good. How about you? Anything uh, uh, on the non-pop culture game side? Well, the reason I bring out stretching is me too. I was like, Cause I do my martial arts twice a week. Like I was told like stretch every day, which I'm slacking on, but like I've seen an improvement in my uh, flexibility too, just because I stretch like crazy in class. Like the other day I was doing the splits and my instructor actually pushed down, pushed down on my legs even further. And I, I didn't even know I could experience pain like that. And I let out a yelp that I probably didn't even think what I could even do. Probably super high pitched. It was like brutal. Your body can do more than you think, I think, is the is the key okay. here. Like, I didn't know, even though I could, like, my legs could do that, right? So, pff, I'm honestly insane. afraid of, like, when I start yeah. to feel that kind of resistance, if I stretch my legs, like, to go, to even think of attempting to go in a split <laughs> position, it starts to hurt so much, I stop. I wonder, like, if I were to push, yeah. would, like, my legs snap out of my hip flex or something? Like, I don't even know what would happen, but... It's nice to hear that you're able to uh, to do the splits and that there is hope for me cool. to eventually gain more flexibility in that regard. Like I, I started with touching my toes and I'll get to the splits one day. Anyways, <laughs> let's not. I, I cannot. I definitely cannot do the splits. I can like get closer than what I did like three months ago. So no, no. I, God, no. I don't think I'll ever be able to do the splits as a like a thirty year old male you know like something i'd have to start back when i was young you know but the key the reason i bring this up stretching very important recommended (laughs) underrated we we love talking about stuff that's underrated on the pod stretching is a hundred percent underrated um i completely agree we should be doing more of it everybody and you you know what's too is underrated eric is all the stretching we do, like it literally, it's like a workout for my legs. Like I feel it in my legs after and it makes them stronger. Just stretching, like long periods of stretching. It's crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing. I arguably 
sweat more when I stretch after my workout than during my workout. So I don't know if I'm either working out wrong or I'm stretching too much, but it's, um, yeah, it's for sure. Like a, it's a workout on its own and whether you work out with weights or just body weights or anything or not, I think that's something that everyone should take some time to do. Like I said, I'd sit down on the carpet, watch hockey and stretch. It's a, like it's a little activity to do that I don't even really notice. Like I'm looking up at the TV, but I'm holding the pose at the same time. Like it's, it also kind of makes the stretching easier because you're not only focusing on, like I have a timer normally for like, I hold the pose for a minute yeah, and it, the time goes by much Whoa. quicker if I'm looking at, okay, there's 1646 left in this period when there, when it's 1546, I'll stop the pose. Obviously, then I'm not accounting for if there's a whistle and stuff. Then it's just all right. Well, I hold it for a little longer, but it's uh, time goes by quicker that way. So, um, all right. It's uh, finding mm. these little ways to make unenjoyable tasks tolerable, and then eventually it'll just become something you like doing, right? So, it's how a habit is formed. Yeah, Atomic Habits taught me that. Um, yep. Slacking in the reading game, though, I will say I'm just. Just Same. not there right now, but you know what? You can't do it all. Can't beat yourself up if you're not into every little niche thing that you should or maybe could be doing in life. Like, there's other stuff that we're doing there. We're fine. We don't need to read. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm working more and more. I have busy life at home. I used to watch 60 movies a month. Now I'm down to like 20 if I'm lucky. So who cares? Like, we do what we can and my reading time has been cut too. So whatever I choose, I have to prioritize and I prioritize like TV shows and movies. So that's that. The important stuff. So (laughs) same year, the no same year, like hockey, like sports, you know, you can't, can't do it all. Maybe in the winter months, but then again, that's peak time to watch movies and shows, which hopefully we've given you a good amount of recommendations to do yeah. um we'll have more i'm sure in episode 100 which i still don't know what we're gonna do for that episode um we'll see if we also do a giveaway of some sort. it's been a while since we've done one or and um, just before we get to 100 just want to say thanks a lot to everyone still listening and um really appreciate the support it means a lot to me whenever anyone messages me saying they either enjoyed what we said or like like the movie we recommended so really appreciate it and yeah that's, I guess, the segue into the end of the episode, but that's what I would like to say on that. For 99 episodes, easy conversation. Thanks a lot, everybody. Matt, any final notes for the listeners? Yeah, I, like what you said, Eric, thanks, everybody, for listening. I never thought I'd be here at episode 99, basically, and I guess we'll talk about more of that in episode 100, like the milestone, but uh, no, thanks, everybody. I hope you're having a great time right now. Enjoy these warmer-than-usual fall days and have a good one. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> no, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes that are dropping every Monday. Can you stay safe? Love you all. And yeah, peace. Just a little bit of rambling there.